Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This episode is brought to you by AARP. 16 years from today, Greg Gerstner will finally land the perfect cannonball. Epic Splash. Unsuspecting Friends. A work of art only possible because Greg is already meeting all these same people at AARP volunteer and community events that keep him active and involved and help make sure his happiness lives as long as he does. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org local. Welcome to Bet the Edge. I'm Jay Croucher here with the whale capper Drew Dinsick. Today we're going to talk Tiger Woods. You might have heard of him. He's back on the PGA Tour. Uh, we hope to be joined uh, at some point by former PGA Pro John McGuinness to discuss what we can talk from Tiger uh, if John can make it later in the show. We'll also talk John Rahm, Rory McIlroy as the favorites in the Genesis Invitational, whether that is warranted. Golf is back, true. It's <laughs> back. Talking about uh, Hassan Reddick. Uh, now we're talking uh, Rory McIlroy. Uh, how are you feeling about the golf season? Uh, I, I, I'm feeling great. Uh, I don't know if you saw this morning. So I, it's it's cold here in LA. Like we are definitely feeling a little bit of the uh, kind of final vestige of winter here. Um, and you you would know that if you saw Tiger Woods tee off at the um, you know with for the pro am. He's out there in the beanie uh, up at Riviera. Um, and uh, yeah, so there's a little bit of a chill in the air. But boy, is there buzz about this tournament here in LA. People are freaking excited about this field and how could you not i mean last year last week's tournament in the desert was unbelievably cool obviously the fan experience and the way that uh you know they they just kind of lean into like this one's for the people um you know like it's it's a very very cool tournament and uh you know they are bringing just as strong a field here to riviera enormous purse these elevated you know these elevated um tournaments now are just they're bringing out all the world's best and and, uh, you have absolutely love to see it. So this is a little bit of a side effect of, you know, the live, um, you know, defections is they had to figure out like, okay, we're going to put more money in the pots and we're going to get the best golfers out there. And we're going to put, we're going to put the best product on television, uh, when it comes to golf. And so far they are hitting it out of the park. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, you really couldn't ask for more like, um, among my rankings, we have, 18 of the top 20 golfers in the world here this week. The only guys we're missing are Cam Smith and Dustin Johnson. It's because they're on the live tour. Everybody who's on the PGA tour is here and it is going to be quite awesome. Okay. Well, let's talk about Tiger Woods. I think Tiger last year was one of the most interesting, I think, betting stories because his return playing the Masters, it was such a such a gigantic story. And that with that came a lot of kind of prop markets around him, which has had to go up due to popular demand. And so of there course. were a lot of rorts around his <laughs> the masters and everything. So wondering if we might have any uh, at the Genesis as well. So uh, this is his first non-major PGA Tour start since 2020 at the Zozo Championship. 
Uh, he is plus 130 to make the cut this week, 150 to 1 to win. If you want to back that, you can just uh, comment uh, on YouTube and I'll take that bet. Uh, 25 to 1 to finish in the top 5, 11 to 1, top 10. Uh, is there anything that you like around Tiger Drew? Okay, so this is where you kind of have to throw out your model a little bit for a golf bet because you don't have any data that, you know, the sample size is too small to really kind of come up with a realistic expectation to, for what to expect from Tiger Woods this week. Um, and you have to be, it's a little bit more art than it is, you know, than it is science. Um, most of the issues that he had last year, as far as I could tell you, came with the kind of the overall demand of how much, you know, the physical exertion of walking, you know, 60 walking 18 holes a day you know the toll that that took on his body really his performance deteriorated through the duration of a tournament which is why he was better to kind of take on tiger woods on a at a tournament level rather than just kind of pick apart he's not going to make the cut like oh he's just going to go and stink it up like that was never really sort of the right way to attack that uh and i think until he proves he can kind of make it through 72 holes um you know at hit you know at a consistent level uh i think you still are buyer beware of getting involved at all in the you know in the tournament market um the data, it, just the raw data numbers would tell you that Tiger Woods has about a 40% chance to make the cut. That's obviously would imply that the miscut bet is the right side here <laughs> with the, uh, uh, with the current prices. Um, but again, I'm, I am expecting him uh, to, at a minimum, give you two decent rounds of golf. Uh, it's a, it, you know, it's a, it's a packed field. It's a relatively friendly uh, cut in terms of how many of these guys are going to make it. So I do not think that you go crazy. Uh, I do not think you go crazy on the uh, the miscut, especially at a price of minus minus two hundred. Uh, Aaron, I, I'm actually surprised that that is the miscut price because there's almost always a tax to back Tiger Woods doing something great. Um, that looks like there's a tax on people who want to go out and fade Tiger Woods at that price, honestly. Um, so, you know, I think realistically you're looking at, uh, you know, a, a, a price in the ballpark of um, around uh, plus 120, minus 120 for him to um, make miss. Uh, and I think uh, if you, you know, I would lean towards optimism that we're going to see him on the weekend. Now, the key way to fade Tiger last year was to wait for round three and round four and find a good matchup price and go ham. <laughs> and I think I'm going to be watching pretty closely at a lot of the clips we see from him, see how he's looking, walking at the end of his round two. If he makes the cut, uh, then kind of bombs away on him uh, you know, over the balance of the weekend. So um, I'm not getting involved at all in the outright market. I'm not getting involved in the top five, top 10, top 20 prices for him. Um, outright winner plus, you know, one, you know, plus 100, 125 to one. Like that's a big number for Tiger. Even in the, you know, the years where he really had no chance at winning a tournament, you didn't even see prices in that range. So I think um, the, uh, the the players who really, um, you know, got their warts out of the way last year betting Tiger have probably corrected some of this market and maybe even overcorrected it. So uh, there may be a time where we are talking about value on Tiger Woods at some point in this season, especially if after now two years you know, post post crash has, uh, you know, most of the issues going on with his ability to navigate a golf course have, uh, you know, have kind of matriculated. So um, excited to see what he looks like this weekend. And without question, you know, aside from which of the best golfers in the world is going to win this tournament, how does Tiger Woods look is literally the most second most important story of this week. 
Yeah. Okay. I shouldn't have made the joke then about uh, personally booking the <laughs> tickets on Tiger. Um, that, uh, that, that you believe in him. Uh, that's an interesting swing. Yeah. Obviously, for the sport, it would be nothing better than uh, than Tiger making a run. I do think, to your point about, you know, we saw how Tiger just completely collapsed day three, day four, as the body gave out last year. I think that that is going to be. Like that's the future of golf betting is being able to live bet more and in more depth um, as tournaments progress on that type of stuff on live matchups and and all that all that is coming uh, as well all that's going to be built out. I know that you know places like IMG Arena um, that's what they specialize in. So I think that is going to be a lot of fun uh, over the next couple of years as more of those markets come out and there's a real way to. Um, to, to hone in on players' strengths, weaknesses, how fatigue kicks in, whether yeah. uh, Jordan Spieth has just lost it from a particular zone, whatever, uh, all that stuff um, you're going to be able to can I the eyes out of. Can I ask you a bookmaking question since you were behind the counter for a, uh, for a good portion of your sure. career? Um, golf betting feels like it has an absolutely unlimited amount of ways that you can get the betters involved. And the interest is only growing, right? Like the, 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 the you, we continue to age people into really caring about golf and therefore caring about golf betting. Why is it that you are stuck booking or you know, as you know, you're stuck betting a handful of you know head to heads as opposed to being given the optionality to get whatever price you want on any given matchup? Like if I want to fade a given golfer in a given week. I'm stuck like, well, I have to bet on this guy that I may not love. Like, why can't I just say, okay, this guy I have circled as a fade and I want to match him up against these six players. Give me prices. Like, is that like in, in any way, shape or form the future of the sport? Or is that just create way too many black swan events for the bookmaker? No, I think, well, I mean, it's difficult because ideally, yeah, you would have some sort of interface where you can just pair um, you know, Xander Shoffley sure. going up against Justin Thomas, Xander Shoffley going up against Scotty Scheffler and just being able to do that. But I guess just the nature of the matchups not being to just purely derivative of the outright price and some golfers having, you know, a lot more variance. For instance, I always think of like Brooks Kepka when he was on the PGA Tour having immense upside to actually win a tournament, but then also having uh, immense downside to miss the cut completely <laughs> care. Um, halfway sure. through if it wasn't trending. So I think that from a pricing perspective makes it difficult. And then also it's just made difficult by the fact that um, there's just, just the tech, just the tech around it. Um, there needs to be improvements okay. around that, you know, across the industry to be able to, to make that a bit more fluid. And, you know, I think we're seeing it more and more where that tech is being implemented but for the NFL and the NBA, which are just bigger betting sports at this point. And then also I think it's, it's the fact that, um, you know, when I started the points bet uh, in, in the U.S. in like 2019, I think like 70% of our bets were just on the outright for golf. <laughs> just like everyone was betting outrights. And now, you know, when I left points bet, you know, six months ago or whatever, uh, it was, you know, well under 50%. And a lot more was transitioning to live. People are betting more derivative markets. So I think that that's just naturally going to create a bit more demand for these types of markets. But the thing with golf is that it's live betting. Live betting is what live is going okay. to that. The, you know, you're going to be able to, um, you know, you're going to be able to bet on uh, whether uh, Scotty Scheffler in real time is going to make or miss this eight-foot putt at minus 110 each side. Like that is the stuff that is really huge for the sport. And betting live matchups, 
betting more matchup options. I think all that is coming. It's just that people are so they're so attached to just betting the outright on a Thursday morning and betting five different guys and then hoping them one is in the mix on Sunday and that's yeah. just kind of ironed in. Um, but yeah, I think all of that stuff is coming. So yeah, I think golf is probably in a way the most untapped sport in terms of betting opportunities. Um, so yeah, it's a lot. That's of interesting. Cause it's funny. Cause like you see the rise of the same game parlay, the people want the lotto ticket price. Like that's pretty clearly, you know, the the lesson that you take from a couple of years of legalization in the United States, at least. Uh, and I mean, golf affords itself a lot of ticket price. In fact, you can have lots of them <laughs> like go right ahead. But maybe there is a little bit of like, uh, you know, a lose, you know, you develop a little bit of a uh, loss aversion. Uh, if you kind of place, you know, five, six outrights, you're like, man, none of these guys are even live on the weekend. What do I do? Well, now do I now I go to the live market and I get a much worse price and I'm just trying to get my money back. Like I, I get that it kind of builds up a little bit of a loss aversion and maybe the players get exhausted by it. Um, whereas the idea of giving people a 50-50 price on a given shot uh, or giving people the opportunity to see a couple of rounds of golf and then being like, so who do you like? You like Rom or Scotty? Like, oh, we know that these guys are coming down the wire. One of them's gonna win who do you want it to be and then nick taylor would like all of a sudden comes out of nowhere and wins and then everybody's like oh man i shouldn't have done that um but uh you know i i completely get that and that's interesting that there was a pivot to uh more and more live um uh you know kind of action was it was it a 50 50 split pre-match and live by the time you were uh you know kind of on your way out the door yeah, I think it was majority was live at that point. And still, majority. Oh, wow. Yeah, most of it is on still the outright live, but there was a ton of, you know, next hole, next hole. And I think that that'll, and that's what, you know, books want to push because there's just more and more markets. It's kind of, that's the, it's not like, it's not the same game parlay experience, but it is the experience of being able to just like get back in, get back in. Um, so, I mean, that's that's the stuff, the whole performance thing that that really took off. But yeah, when I started in 2019, it was, you know, 70 to 80% pre-match. And now it was trending, you know, above 60% live. So that's, uh, that is definitely uh, the future. All right, let's hit a promo and we'll talk first round leader market. Just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play and you have a shot to win thousands this weekend by predicting what will happen in the Premier League and in college basketball. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This episode is brought to you by AARP. 16 years from today, Greg Gerstner will finally land the perfect cannonball. Epic Splash. Unsuspecting Friends. A work of art only possible because Greg is already meeting all these same people at AARP volunteer and community events that keep him active and involved and help make sure his happiness lives as long as he does. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org local. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. 
That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash. Let's talk about first round leader market and uh, who you expect to get out to a hot start, Drew. John Rahm is the favorite. Uh, I feel like golf order has been restored with John Rahm, the favorite for everything again after he had, uh, by his standards at least, <laughs> down year last year. Uh, it, was all, it was always easy to kind of handicap everything when you had, particularly towards the end of 2021, when John Rahm was just going off at plus 600 for tournaments, um, as he was at the end of end of that year. But he is the favorite at 20 to 1, first round leader, followed by Rory, 22 to 1, Scotty Scheffler, 25 to 1. Anyone that you like in this market? So here's what I would tell you about the first round leader market. Uh, if you consider outright betting lotto tickets, then this is like darts at lotto tickets. Uh, first round leader is so high variance. You need to um, kind of carefully consider more guys further down the board, in my opinion. Um, there, And this is funny because this is flying in the face of last year's result because I think Joaquin Neiman, last year's champion, basically went wire to wire. Like he was nuclear hot on day one, got out to a huge lead and and then just kind of, you know, lapped the field basically from memory. Um, but this year... Uh, and, you know, you, you, you see the outright prices on guys like Rom, you know, Rory and Scheffler are a lot shorter outright than these first round leader prices. And there's a reason for that. Um, a lot of round one of the golf for the guys who are ultimately going to contend for this title is we need to figure out our strategy on this course. The lead up to the tournament is a lot of. Hey, if you've got money, if you are well, you know, if you are flush from your winnings and you are a good golfer and you have the best team, your team comes out early. They're watching practice rounds on Monday and Tuesday. They are doing practice rounds with you on Tuesday and Wednesday. And all of that is trying to information collect. What changes did they make to this course? What strategy should we use on hole X, Y, and Z? What strategies are working on hole X, Y, and Z today, given these conditions? And all of that feeds into sort of a better understanding course knowledge and course strategy, which ultimately on a, on something like Riviera, that becomes paramount because there are so many holes where you only can, uh, you know, navigate uh, a scoring shot or you can, you, you must navigate par by playing the hole a certain way, getting your ball into a certain side of the fairway, getting your, your approach shot above or below the hole. Right. And so, Kind of the the all of these guys, in my opinion, at least at the top of the board, would likely use round one as information gathering much more so than hey, we got to get out to a lead. We're gonna we're just gonna uh, you know take some chances uh, because you know there's a little bit of, of risk aversion with a lot of these guys too. You take too many chances on day one, you could find yourself in a tough spot on day two in terms of making the cut. And the name of the game for all of these guys is I overall you know I overall have a strokes gained type of lead on the field and therefore get yourself to the weekend and then, you know, then kind of flex your muscles a little bit. So uh, I would basically throw out the entire top 
you know, 20 guys on the board for first round leader. Uh, and I would look more at names like, uh, and, and, you know, interestingly enough, guys that won last week, Jason day, I thought Jason day performed very well uh, out of the gate and is playing very good golf right now. He is still being priced like the guy that we saw for the majority of last season, not the guy that we've seen so far this year. Uh, so Jason day pops by my numbers for first round leader. Uh, I have uh, plus CV bets on, um, Taylor Montgomery. I have Brian Harmon circled. Uh, and then among the guys that are kind of in or near the top 20 who I think have a realistic chance to be your first round leader, uh, Sun, Sunjay M pops for me. So uh, those are the handful of FRL bets that I think are worth making. Uh, and uh, again, you need kind of the right mix of a guy who is good enough to put up scores but is not necessarily uh, looking to, uh, you know, truly capture outright win here because, um, you know, again, you don't want to take too many chances on day one. Does that all make sense? That all makes sense to me. I was also very happy with the, the mention of uh, my countryman, Jason Day, who I'm not sure we're going to talk God, about. He's playing great. Yeah, he is. He's back. Major winner, Jason Day. I told you about the time I was at the Players' Championship last year and a group of kids came up to me thinking I was Jason Day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jason Day. They would have gone so shocked when they took that photo back to their parents. <laughs> 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 I had a photo with Jason Day. You got the accent and everything, though. It's definitely yeah, Jason Day. Yeah, definitely Jason Day. Um, anyway, uh, the weather. Drew in uh in Pacific Palisade. What uh, what kind of fact do you think the weather's gonna play this week? Yeah, uh you know, in general, uh doesn't really look to me to be um, a primary factor, uh, although there is going to be some wave bias. Uh, again, if you're betting the first round leader market, wave bias can be enormously important. That drove the entire first round leaderboard last week. There was a huge, huge bias to the players that started in the afternoon last week. In a completely neutral situation, I give a slight bump to the players who play in the afternoon just because, um, you know, the, they, uh, they get to glean information from the first round, right? They're sitting there watching. Their caddies are out there collecting information. And so they tend to perform a little bit better if there is totally neutral situation. Now, normally in the Palisades and normally in California and the West Coast in general, the winds can kick up a little bit more in the afternoon uh, until you get towards the, you know, glass off time, uh, which is like right a little bit before sunset. Uh, you are not you know, you, you, you could have some, some difficult windy conditions. So, um, it's a little bit unpredictable. Uh, the Canyon, you know, the, the Palisades in general, um, you know, to just have, have the, their own little microclimate. So if you're looking at LA weather broadly, it's not giving you a super great picture of what's going on in the Palisades. So, uh, just kind of, uh, look specifically for Pacific Palisade weather for, uh, some information there, but, uh, I'm not expecting that to be a major factor, at least through days one and two. Uh, and I think the, the, forecast that they have spec you know looking ahead for the weekend uh is going to change based on what i'm seeing through a couple of different predictors okay the whale kappa does meteorology i like it uh, <laughs> you have to if you're in golf <laughs> or baseball yeah that's kind of the name of the game also we're going to talk about the course the riviera course design and the fit and so from what i know about the course is that it's relatively forgiving and the driving accuracy isn't something that's prized. If you look at, you know, you look at data golf and the golfers who are going to suffer the most from this course, it's guys like Colin Morikawa who uh, famously are extremely accurate. Um, so how does this kind of affect the handicap? Is there anyone in particular you think benefits? So in my opinion, the sort of the, uh, the course fit, uh, 
from a strokes game perspective is not perfect uh, for this course on data golf. I think they're taking a little bit too much uh, on driving distance and not enough on driving accuracy. And I think they're a little light in the, um, uh, in the approach department to me approach is everything here. Um, you know, if you, you, I want to, uh, I will take a more accurate driver over a driver who can go long here. This is not an especially long course. Uh, and I will take a, a golfer who is really, really feeling it from an approach standpoint, because I like, like I mentioned the way that, you know, course management is kind of the name of the game here. And there is no, strokes gained course management right that's a little bit of a, a subjective handicap in terms of which of these golfers and their teams in general uh, are are good and capable at managing the course what i mean by course management is where are you uh you know where are you putting yourself in position as you go around the course and uh and that's again it's a, it's a subjective thing you need to basically try to watch and evaluate how any given uh, team is like approaching uh, a certain um, or not, not approaching as in like approaching the green, but how they're approaching the, uh, the management of the course. Uh, and for me, at least, uh, you know, that does bring the cream to the top in terms of the best golfers in the world. And uh, the only guys that I would kind of rule out uh, who are in the top 20, who I don't think necessarily fit this course very well. Um, I'm, I'm down on Cantlay. Uh, I am down on Morikawa. Uh, Morikawa's approach, for whatever reason, even though he was famously like the strokes gained approach god in his run up, uh, when he tweaked his uh, his drive a little bit, he's introduced a lot more variability in his approach, and so his his ability to you know put it on the correct spot of the green has completely uh, deteriorated. So Morikawa is down for me. Cantlay is down for me. Finau is down for me. Uh, and, uh, you know, guys like Max Homa, Sun JM is up, Max Homa's up. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, of course, you know, the big names like Rom, uh, I have Rom as the top, top golfer coming in course fit wise, Scheffler, number two, Shoffley, number three, McElroy four for me. Uh, so a little bit of a shuffling compared to some of the other rankings out there. Uh, and then after that, I'm, I'm looking at him and Max Homa. So those are sort of the guys that I would put towards the top in terms of uh, course fit. Um, but again, like I'm looking for elite, uh, approach, uh, as a guy that I would circle to be the winner. Okay. Yeah, I'm all aboard fading Colin Morikawa. I think Morikawa, he tends to get on real in ruts with his putter. That's been the story with him is that if his putter is on, then he's almost the best golfer in the world. But he does get into these ruts where uh, if that's off, then it tend, it often tends to be off for a couple tournaments in a row. Uh, and he was dreadful um, with the putter uh, in Phoenix, and that caused him to miss the cut entirely. So might want to see Morikawa correct that. Yeah. Um, I think, is that something you look for live with guys like Morikawa if they're putting really well on day one to then jump in live on an outright um, if they've got that going in their game? I'm not a subscriber to putting confidence being a thing. Um, I, I put it more squarely in the true variance category. Like uh, I have seen enough and I've been on the wrong side of enough guys who were hot and believing in them and then seeing them just go absolutely... Uh, the other direction uh, from round to round. And honestly, you look at strokes gained putting, it's the least uh, correlated from a round to round standpoint. Uh, and so a guy who has a you know huge day putting um, isn't necessarily going to go out there and let it up the next day. And in fact, that's kind of a, a decent round two, round three betting strategy. Uh, I, I tend to like to look 
for particular matchups that are hung where you have a guy that gained two or three strokes on putting in round one against a guy who lost strokes putting round one. And then if those guys are priced fairly even in the second round, but the quality of the golfer who lost strokes is better, uh, I will absolutely take on that that player for round two, expecting regression to the mean when it comes to strokes game putting. I think that's sort of the name of the game. At least the, that's the most effective way I can really kind of ascribe, uh, you know, round by round betting. If you want to add a layer of nuance to that and find guys who didn't do great on approach, but were amazing putters on, in a given round and then matched up with a guy who was incredible on approach but did poorly putting, uh, that's another really effective way, I think, to find uh, second round, third round, fourth round matchups that are advantage bets. Yep, that makes sense. And to immediately contradict myself what I said prior, I do think <laughs> it is generally a good tactic to, um, to yeah, particularly guys like John Rahm last year who really struggled with his putter to just – the market is baking that in to just fade it the other way because it is so variable. Um, yeah. Tournament to tournament round. You bring round. up a very good point though. There's definitely – at least in my opinion, there's not a hot hand with respect yeah. to putting, right? Like if you're putting well – it can go away pretty quickly. Yep. But the opposite is not necessarily true, right? Yep. If you're struggling and you've lost confidence in your putt, if you're, you know, all of a sudden now you're second guessing every read, all of a sudden you're like, why is it? Why am I? How am I not finding the hole? And literally, that was Rom's problem for six months last year. Like it yep. was a long time where it was like, this guy ever going to buy a putt? Like what is happening? Um, you know, like that I do think can linger uh, and is worth keeping an eye on. So um, that I think you need a broader signal though. Like you can't just take a guy like, you know, if somebody had a decent round putting in, you know, out in Scottsdale uh, and they have a bad first round putting at, uh, at Riviera, then bring them on. Like I'll bet them like no, no problem at all. Give, give me some of that. Um, but if it's now like the entirety of 2023 so far, it's not working out well. And if you ask your golf friends who are, you know, pros, semi pros, and you're like, what's, uh, what's going on with the, this guy's putter It's like, Oh, well he got a new putter or he tried his new, trying a new grip or he's going from this to this. It's like, Oh, okay. Well maybe there's a good reason to completely stay away or find ways to fade a guy like that. Yep. That makes sense. All right. Uh, let's hit a promo and then talk about top 10, top 20, and the outright. Uh, a reminder to download the Roto World app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in the App Store today. It's time to get your swagger back with PointsBet Sportsbook. New customers can sign up now with the code BETTHEEDGE to get five second chance bets up to $500. That's five straight days of second chances where PointsBet will match your losing wager in free bets. So use the promo code BETTHEEDGE and enjoy more live betting markets than ever before. PointsBet, it's your move. New customers only. Must be 21 plus and present in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Virginia, or West Virginia. In partnership with Louisiana iGaming LP, DBA Boomtown, New Orleans. Second chance means that if any of your first five cash bets, that is the first bet per day for five consecutive days on a fixed odds market loses, you will receive free bets in the amount of the losing wager up to $100 each. Cash out is not available on all wagers and may not be equivalent to the initial 
initial wager. PointsBet can disable or suspend the cash out feature at any time. Additional terms and conditions apply. See the promotions page and terms and conditions section of the PointsBet website app for more details. Void where prohibited. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800gambler.net. In Colorado or Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. In Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. In Virginia, call 1-888-532-3500. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK. That's 467-369. In New York, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Pennsylvania, call 1-877-770-STOP. That's 1-877-770-6867 in Louisiana. Top 10, top 20. Drew, any, anyone you like in these markets? Yeah, there's a couple that uh, really stand out to me. And I, I got to stick with uh, the LA guy. I mean, he was he's already got a win on the season. He is the guy that I am the most excited to bet for the US Open when it comes to the LA Country Club. Mr. Max Homa. Uh, Max Homa was quietly very solid. Uh, in in at the waste management open again, he was of course the uh, the winner at Torrey Pines. I think the fact that you can get him uh, at uh, at current current uh, market prices. Let me see what the best on the board is for Max. Top ten. Uh, give me anything in the ballpark of uh, uh, you know plus money here, and I am happy to take on, take him on. Um, the uh, the other guy that really stands out for me for this tournament, as I kind of already mentioned in the uh, in the context of first round leader, uh, I think Sun JM is a really nice fit here. Uh, he, of course, is a guy that. Uh, you know, is a little, little less easy to cheer for, uh, but I think um, you know, realistically, is uh, is going to be in the in the uh, you know final pairings come round four here. Uh, played, you know, I thought he played a very very solid round of golf, uh, you know, last time around. And uh, again, nice fit for the Riviera course and uh, a guy that I would expect to finish in the top 10. Uh, the last guy I'm going to mention, and this is a little controversial because not a lot of people really, I don't think, have. Um, great fares on him right now. They're not necessarily ranked, you know, they're not necessarily putting him in the conversation among the top 10. Definitely not among, I mean, definitely a borderline top 20, definitely not among the top 10 golfers in the world right now is Jordan Spieth. Spieth had the disadvantage of playing against the good conditions in rounds one and round two uh, at the uh, waste management open. And it did not matter. He was electric he caught some bad variants, I thought, in uh, round three that really took him out of, um, you know, the ability to put himself in the final grouping and really give him the chance to really uh, compete for a win in Scottsdale. Um, but I think there is a little bit of hidden signal in how well he struck the ball, how well he scrambled. Uh, you know, he put, he had some uh, wayward tee shots, which is the Jordan Spieth experience, uh, but then came away with some just absolutely absurd, ridiculous approaches from difficult positions. Uh, and I like that uh, even without a ton of driving accuracy, he can still find a really solid approach here. So to me, that upgrades his ability from, you know, shots, gained, you know, strokes gained approach. Uh, and I think he's going to finish in the top 10 this week. So the three top 10s that I would play are uh, Max Homa, uh, Sun JM, and uh, Jordan Spieth.
Yep, I like the look on Spieth. Um, as you said, his issue is that, yeah, can't hit fairways, and this is one of the, the courses that will most forgive that. All right, let's close out by talking the outright market. Uh, do you think it's correct that Rahm is this short, um, followed by McElroy as the top of the board right? I cannot get close to plus 750 for Rahm, considering how good this field is. Um, now, last week... His price was even more ridiculous. So there is a little bit of a, the market is not quite as bullish on John Rahm this week as it was last week. I think he closed like plus 450 uh, before that round teed off last week at a couple of the market making shops, which is was like, does somebody already know he won? Like how could in the world could he be that short? Um, plus 750 is a little bit of relief. Uh, you know, that's, that's a little bit of a, a walking that back, which is fine. Um, he didn't play his best golf throughout the weekend last week. And I think, uh, you know, realistically there should be, uh, you know, some, some correction there. Um, but my fair price for Rom is plus nine ten, So I want no part of plus 750. Now the relative price at the top of the board does look correct to me. I I do think that Rom has uh, a meaningful, better win percentage than Rory McIlroy does here. Um, McIlroy, of course, playing with Tiger Woods and just Justin Thomas uh, in a, in a grouping uh, in round one and round two here, which is kind of fun. Uh, it's certainly going to be the most watched grouping. Um, but and you know, you know, McIlroy, Tiger Woods, famous famous friends. Tiger Woods with a lot of course knowledge and, you know, maybe is sharing a little bit of that with McElroy, maybe sharing a little bit of that with Justin Thomas as they're out there on the, on the grouping. Um, but he's going to need that to close the gap on Rom the way that they're currently playing. Uh, and I think, um, you know, the, that relative pricing is correct, but for me, Roy McElroy fair price is plus 1100. So I'm out on uh, betting him at plus 900 as well. So, um, the one that everybody seems at the top of this board, everybody is trying to fade Scotty Scheffler. Nobody likes to bet a guy that just won a tournament like he won. Uh, and, you know, a little bit of the exhale this week, go get a check, kind of make the sponsors happy, and then go to Florida and prepare for the next swing of the tour is sort of what's expected from Scheffler. And if that happens, wouldn't be surprised. Uh, the golfer that everybody is super, super hot on that I am out on is Justin Thomas. Um, he had an amazing round four. Yes, that's true last week. And a lot of times guys carry that sort of uh, momentum into the next tournament. That does happen. Um, but I just am not seeing enough from Thomas at all to put him near the top 10 of golfers, let alone the uh, fifth shortest price in this field is kind of crazy to me. Uh, my fair price for Thomas is 25 to one. So really other than the guys we've already talked about, all of the guys at the top of this board look too short for my current prices. And could one of these six win? Absolutely. <laughs> so these are elite golfers. They should be at the top of the board. I think there's just a little bit of the, a top-heavy tax right now, the way these are priced. Okay. Well, last one for you, Drew. Uh, any long-shot bet that particularly grabs the eye? Okay. So down, down, down the board. Uh, <laughs> there's not, a th I don't think, a lot of realistic chances of guys who can or who, who have a realistic chance to win. Uh, but the one guy in sort of the 100 to 1 range that I'm going to stick my flag in, I'm going to take a little Tommy Fleetwood this week. Wow. I think Tommy Fleetwood, you can find some really, really, really big prices on Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, and there's a decent, I, I make kind of a, I, I give him a 7.5% chance to land in the top 10. I give Tommy a 
not quite two percent chance to win the tournament, and he's priced in the uh, uh, in the hundred to one ish range. So uh, of the long shots, he's my favorite. I don't tend to play a lot of hundred to one, two hundred fifty, two hundred to one guys, just because the likelihood that they ultimately do it is so low. You just you have to donk, 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 donk every week until you hit one, uh, and it's just not quite as much fun because I only really like to sink my teeth into the bigger, you know, the the more fun fields when I know I'm going to be in, <laughs> watching all week, and I know. Not a great way to play, not a plus EV way to play, you know, to bet on golf in general. But um, Fleetwood, if you can find better than 100 to 1, I think you put that in your pocket and you hope he's there live, uh, live come weekend. Okay, there you go. Uh, yeah, maybe a little little Tommy Fleetwood genesis into uh, Christian Wood, six man of the year, uh, parlay at uh, 12,000 to 1. <laughs> 12,000 to 1. Be a great way to uh, to start the weekend. All right, we are done. Don't forget to check out NBCSportsEdge.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks to those watching on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. John McGinnis wasn't able uh, to make it, but we'll no doubt catch up with him in the near future. Uh, and last thing, a reminder, if you're listening to us in podcast form, don't forget to subscribe and rate us from Jay Croucher and Drew Dinsick. We'll see you soon. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.